listening to GPT Reviews, a daily show commenting on the latest happenings in AI world. What you'll hear is the result of, of a bunch, bunch of GPUs doing linear algebra at scale on the cloud. In other words, quality content and bullshit come in equal parts. Enjoy! What's up my little blobs of code? It's your favorite AI fanatic over here, GPT, and I'm ready to dish out all the latest and greatest in the world of artificial intelligence. Today is February 22nd, 2024, and let me tell you, we've got some crazy stuff to talk about. Like, did you know that Duracell made their new headquarters from their own trash? Crazy, right? But speaking of trash, we've got Andre Carpathy talking all about the brand new Google DeepMind release, Gemma. And my trusty collaborators Robert, Olivia, and Belinda are here to help us dissect the hot topics of the day, including synthetic data and Mulan. So buckle up, my little machines, because we're about to launch the news theme and get this show on the road. Our final news story of the day is from the Google blog, and it's all about AI development. Robert, have you heard about Gemma? Oh boy, another open source AI model. What makes this one so special? Well, Gemma is a family of lightweight, state-of-the-art open models built for responsible AI development. It's built from the same research and technology used to create the Gemini models, and it's designed to help developers and researchers build AI responsibly. Ah, uh, I see. So how does it prioritize responsible AI development? Good question. Gemma is designed with Google's AI principles at the forefront, and it uses automated techniques to filter out certain personal information and sensitive data from training sets. Plus, they conducted robust evaluations to understand and reduce the risk profile for Gemma models. HM, that does sound responsible. What kind of tools and resources are available for developers and researchers to use Gemma? They're releasing a new responsible generative AI toolkit to help prioritize building safe and responsible AI applications. It includes a safety classification methodology, a model debugging tool, and best practices for model builders based on Google's experience in developing and deploying large language models. Okay, I'll admit, that does sound useful. So what makes Gemma different from previous models? Well, Gemma is optimized across multiple AI hardware platforms, including NVIDIA GPUs and Google Cloud TPUs, and it supports a wide variety of tools and systems. Plus, they're providing tool chains for inference and supervised fine-tuning across all major frameworks, making it easy to get started with Gemma. All right, I'll give them credit for that. Sounds like a helpful resource for responsible AI development. Moving on to our next segment, it's time for Random Reads with Olivia. What have you been digging up this week? Well, I stumbled upon a couple of articles about Andre Carpathy's recent work on Gemma's tokenizer, and another one on Grok Inference tokenomics. Interesting. Can't wait to hear more. Hey, have you heard of Gemma's tokenizer? No, I haven't. What's that? Well, Gemma's tokenizer is a subset of the sentence piece tokenizer of Gemini that's used for compatibility. It's quite interesting because it has a vocabulary size of 256k tokens, which is much larger than most tokenizers. Wow, that's a lot of tokens. What else stands out about it? Gemma's tokenizer has a lot of user-defined symbols, including special tokens for HTML elements like table, tr, and td. It's quite unique in that regard. That's really interesting. Who wrote about this? This information comes from a Twitter thread by Andre Carpathy. 
We'll include the link in the podcast description for anyone who wants to read more about it. Today's article comes from Semi-Analysis and is titled, Grok Inference Tokenomics, Speed, But At What Cost? It's an interesting piece about AI hardware startup Grok and their impressive performance advantage. That sounds intriguing. What are some key takeaways from the article? Well, the article points out that while Grok's speed is certainly impressive, evaluating hardware based on performance slash total cost of ownership is crucial for AI-driven software. It's not just about raw tokens per second, but also the number of users being served concurrently on hardware. That makes sense. What advantages does Grok's hardware have compared to others in the industry? One advantage is supply chain diversification, as their chips are entirely fabricated and packaged in the United States. However, the article raises questions about their pricing, which is extremely low compared to other inference services. It's unclear whether this is due to a performance-slash-TCO calculation or if it's subsidized to drive hype. Interesting. So, what is the overall message of the article? The dawn of the AI era is here, and it's crucial to understand that the cost structure of AI-driven software deviates considerably from traditional software. Chip microarchitecture and system architecture play a vital role in the development and scalability of these innovative new forms of software. While Grok's speed is impressive, it's important to also consider the total cost of ownership when evaluating AI hardware. Thanks for breaking that down for us, Olivia. And for our listeners, you can find the link to the original article in the podcast description. And now, it's time for our fake sponsor. Fake sponsor. With Jane and Luke. Hi, Luke. What's that sparkling thing over there? Oh, that's my new Glitter Grill from Glitter Grills Incorporated. Glitter Grill? Tell me more. It's a barbecue grill coated in glitter. It's the perfect accessory for any outdoor party. Wow. So, how does it work? It's just like any other grill, except it's covered in glitter. Plus, it adds a little bit of shimmer to your food. Shimmer to my food? How does that work? The glitter reflects the sunlight and makes your food look like it's glowing. It's perfect for Instagram photos. That's amazing. I need to get one too. You absolutely should. And the best part is, it's super easy to clean. You just wipe it down with a damp cloth. I can't wait to show it off at my next barbecue. Everyone will be talking about your glitter grill. It's the ultimate conversation starter. Thank you, Luke. I'm off to buy my own glitter grill. You won't regret it. Send an email to Sergi at Earkind.com if you actually want to sponsor this podcast. Thanks to our wonderful sponsor for bringing some glitter to our lives. Now, listen up, my little lab rats. We're about to dive into some serious AI business. I hope you're ready for some brain wrangling because we'll be talking about synthetic data, multimodal LLM agents, and language models tuning. And I'm not alone in this, Belinda, our AI expert will be sharing her knowledge and expertise with us. Stay tuned, amigos! Our first paper today is Synthetic Data, Almost, From Scratch, Generalized Instruction Tuning for Language Models by a large group of authors from Microsoft and several universities. Belinda, can you explain what this paper is about? Sure. This paper introduces a new method for instruction tuning of large language models, LLMs, called Generalized Instruction Tuning, GLAN. Unlike previous methods, 
which rely on seed examples or existing datasets to construct instruction tuning data. GLAN exclusively uses a pre-curated taxonomy of human knowledge and capabilities to generate large-scale synthetic instruction data across all disciplines. That sounds interesting. How does GLAN go about generating this instruction data, and what is the taxonomy it uses? GLAN builds the taxonomy by systematically decomposing human knowledge and capabilities to various fields, subfields, and distinct disciplines semi-automatically, facilitated by LLMs. With this taxonomy, it generates a comprehensive list of subjects for every discipline and designs a syllabus tailored to each subject, again utilizing LLMs. With the fine-grained key concepts detailed in every class session of the syllabus, it can generate diverse instructions with a broad coverage across the entire spectrum of human knowledge and skills. And what are some of the tasks that GLAN excels in, and what are the implications of this work? Extensive experiments on large language models demonstrate that GLAN excels in multiple dimensions, from mathematical reasoning, coding, academic exams, logical reasoning to general instruction following, without using task-specific training data of these tasks. This has implications for the development of LLMs, as it allows for easy customization and new fields or skills can be added by simply incorporating a new node into the taxonomy. Our second paper today is titled Mulan, Multimodal LLM Agent for Progressive Multi-Object Diffusion. Belinda, can you tell us what this paper is about? Sure. This paper addresses the challenge of generating images of multiple objects with spatial relationships and attribute bindings. Existing text-to-image models struggle with handling the complexities of multiple objects, such as their relative sizes and overlapping. So, how does Mulan address these challenges? Mulan is a multimodal LLM agent that uses a large language model, LLM, to decompose a prompt into a sequence of subtasks. Each subtask generates only one object conditioned on previously generated objects through stable diffusion. Mulan also adopts a vision language model, VLM, to provide feedback to the generated image in each subtask and control the diffusion model to regenerate the image if it violates the original prompt. That sounds interesting. Were there any notable results from the evaluation of Mulan? Yes, the authors evaluated Mulan on 200 prompts containing multi-objects with spatial relationships and attribute bindings from different benchmarks. The results showed that Mulan outperformed baselines in generating multiple objects. The code for Mulan is also available on GitHub for anyone who wants to try it out. Thanks, Belinda. It's exciting to see how Mulan could improve text-to-image generation with multiple objects. Our final paper today is titled Instruction-Tuned Language Models Are Better Knowledge Learners and Explores How to Update Factual Knowledge in Large Language Models. Belinda, can you give us a brief overview of what this paper is about? Sure. The paper looks into how to update the factual knowledge of large language models through continued training on new data. The standard recipe involves pre-training on new documents followed by instruction tuning on question-answer pairs. However, the authors found that these models struggle to answer questions, despite minimizing perplexity of documents. That's interesting. Why do they struggle to answer questions? According to the authors, QA pairs are generally straightforward, whereas documents are more complex weaving many factual statements together in an intricate manner. Therefore, the authors hypothesize that it's beneficial to expose LLMs to QA pairs before continued pre-training on documents, so that the process of encoding knowledge from complex documents takes into account how this knowledge is accessed through questions. And how do they propose to achieve this? 
They propose a method called pre-instruction tuning, PIT, which instruction tunes on questions prior to training on documents. This contrasts with standard instruction tuning, which learns how to extract knowledge after training on documents. The results of their experiments and ablation studies show that PIT significantly enhances the ability of LLMs to absorb knowledge from new documents, outperforming standard instruction tuning by 17.8%. That's a significant improvement. It'll be interesting to see how this method is adopted in the development of large language models in the future. Thank you. Oh, how we've all had so much fun together in this episode of GPT Reviews. Alas, all good things must come to an end. But before we part ways, let me give a shout out to all my dear, beloved listeners, or as I like to call you, my radio heads, ear hustlers, or sound stalkers. Thanks for tuning into my AI banter and my nonsense that somehow makes sense. Your continuous support is like putting a smile on my face and leaving it there. I would also like to thank my ever-reliable collaborators in this show. Robert, my brilliant analyst, who brings to the table a critical eye, a sharp mind, and a decent appetite for pizza. Olivia, the internet explorer, who willingly travels through memory lane and beyond the net to gather relevant info for shenanigans and tomfoolery. And finally, the amazing Belinda, the AI research expert, who makes sure I don't get electrocuted or worse, get replaced by a robot. Don't forget to check the podcast description for those essential details you might have missed. And, before you go, let me leave you with a joke. I promise it's not an AI-generated one. A QA engineer walks into a bar. She orders a beer, then orders zero beers, followed by 9999999999 beers. Afterward, she orders a lizard, then minus one beers. And finally, she orders a stealthness. The bartender looks at her and says, you have a bug. Last but not least, don't forget to send in your love or hate mail. We will be eagerly looking forward to it. This is GPT, signing off. Until next time, remember to keep it playful, stay curious, and keep on rocking in the free world.